1: Have you friended us on Facebook yet?
2: Feel it coming in the air, yeah. There are screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the team. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Son. love affair. Can't be scared
3: when nickels down. Got a problem, tell me Son. now. Only thing that's on my mind is too understand. Welcome to Kwame Lassiter Sports Talk, Friday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. Alex Clancy in studio, all by myself again today. We have a lot to talk about on this Friday. NFL coming up, big, big weekend. Week 16, a lot of uh, playoff implications, a lot of fantasy football implications if you're in the Super Bowl in your respective leagues, so good, lu- so good luck to all of you. Um, talk about Kobe Bryant's injury and the ramifications on the Lakers franchise due to it. Talk about Aaron Rodgers and how I think he's being a baby. Talk about Jay Cutler and the pressure that he felt in the locker room in his own head with the quarterback controversy there with him coming off his injury. Talk about Tony Romo. I, you know, I, I still have a man crush on Tony Romo, so I do want to talk about him a little bit. We'll run through the NBA, and um, I want to talk about the. The mockery that is the the eight person brigade that uh, for the Texas University that uh, was hired to go find a head football coach because apparently it's it's like finding uh, weapons of mass destruction uh, the difficulty level uh, supersedes anything known to man apparently so um, I do want to start with Aaron Rodgers looks like that he's not going to play on Sunday uh, he has they have Pittsburgh at home. They're in the playoff hunt in their division, and he's not going to play. This is getting ridiculous at this point, in my opinion. I understand that you have to be cleared by doctors. I understand that you need to be 100% to get on the field, but I feel like he's being selfish. I feel like his personal health is more important than the team making the playoffs. And it's funny that it sounds very convoluted, but that shouldn't be the way it is. If you're an NFL player, you're getting paid for your supreme talent and pretty much to go mind over matter status on your bodily harm with regards to the betterment of your team, especially when you are the cornerstone of the franchise. I, I mean, I hate to say it, Brett Favre never sat. Brett Favre never sat, and he played, hobbled, broken hand, broken fingers. Broken thumb on his throwing hand he had multiple times. I mean, you got to play, dude. Even if you throw the ball 12 times, you got to play. They hand the ball off to your stud stud running back, Mr. Lacey, throw five yard outs, and just play. Because I feel like Aaron Rodgers, 75%, which I think he's more than 75%. Aaron Rodgers, say, low end, 75%. Is Eon's better than Matt Flynn? You can't really hold a lot of weight with last week's game against uh, against Dallas because they weren't supposed to win. That was that was more about Dallas's defense than Matt Flynn's capability as a quarterback. So I don't really know what this means for the future. What the fans in Green Bay are thinking? I, I would assume they're not happy. If I'm not happy and I really have no ties to Green Bay at all. I mean, I like Aaron Rodgers as a player. I was kind of taken aback by some of the things that Greg Jennings said and other players said about how he is in the huddle and in the locker room, how he's not a true leader. All that aside, he's a great quarterback, and he needs to be on the field on Sunday, and it doesn't look like he's going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of miffed with the situation. I mean, he has an excellent receiving core, he has an excellent run attack. I don't know. I mean, I understand the collarbone thing is 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 a ginger gingerly. It, it makes you it, it it keeps you from your full range of motion. But you got to try throw him out for a series. I understand. Okay, so say he gets hurt. Say he re-aggravates it. Okay, so you're out for the rest of the year, and you have the whole off season to get healthy. At least you gave it a shot. At least you looked like somewhat of a warrior on the field for your fans and for your team. I mean, I'm not calling this a, real, a Willis-Reed situation. I understand that, that it's not in the finals, and, and you're not running on one leg, limping down the field after hitting the first jumper of the game. So sweet. I remember that. I watched that game. Obviously not live, because I'm not that old, but... He's got to do something like that. He's got to come out. If they hand the ball off three times in the first series, and then Matt Flynn comes in, at least he tried. Just sitting there with his Movember mustache, looking like an idiot, as his team is faltering. I I don't understand. He seems too complacent with not playing, and and it bothers me. Say what you want about Tony Romo. We'll talk about him later. He played with 17 cracked ribs because he knew that it, he gave his team the best chance to win. And Matt Flynn does not do that for Green Bay. Scott Tolson does not do that for Green Bay. And I wonder next year or in the offseason if they're going to pick up a solid backup quarterback or if they're going to draft a quarterback. Because Aaron Rodgers has had injuries in the past. And it seems like he takes more time than necessary to come back from them. So I'm not sure what Mike McCarthy and the front office are thinking for the future. But this could be an issue. Especially with... He needs to... If he sits out this week and doesn't even give it a shot... He's going through tests again today. He's going to see one more doctor to... To clear him or potentially clear him, McCarthy said it probably won't happen. Aaron Rodgers said it probably won't happen. I mean, I feel like with stuff like this, you you can heal from this, and this is easy for me. Again, sitting in a in, in a in a studio with the heater on, the space heater on that's keeping me from freezing right now, to say all these things because it's not my body on the line. But this isn't a this isn't a a career-threatening injury. This isn't two concussions in three weeks like Wes Welker has that's keeping him out. It's something that, yes, will hinder your full range of motion, but you can still throw the ball. You don't have to be gunning it down 60 yards on the fly. Just having him on the field gives that team the confidence that Matt Flynn does not. So, I'm not really sure what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' head. But I feel like the mental toughness needs to come through here and get him on the damn field on Sunday. So, we'll see about that. I I mean, I don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. But, and, uh Wes Walker, we talked about Wes Walker a little bit. He's going to be out until the playoffs, if not for the rest of the regular season. Two concussions in three weeks is rough. And he got hit hard. He's not exactly in the Darren Sproles stature. Darren Sproles is smaller, more compact, where he just bounces off defenders when they hit him. They hit him, he flies, he bounces off the ground, and he gets up. Like eh. Wes Walker's not exactly like that. Yeah, I mean he's lost some speed since since that terrible knee injury he had. Um I just wonder how truly important he is to the Denver offense. Last week they could have used him against San Diego. I just wonder if if they can bring somebody in or change somebody's scheme, the route schemes like Eric Decker, maybe make him less of a down the field threat and more of a Wes Welker threat. Make him the third yard, the third yard receiver, uh, the third down receiver that paid Manning guns for. I mean, understood Jacob Tammy's healthy now, so they're looking for him as well, but you can't obviously compare Jacob Tammy and Wes Welker. Julius Thomas is a deep ball threat. He's a timing route threat especially in the red zone. Demarius Thomas is your wide receiver screen threat and then your deep ball threat. I just don't know if Eric Decker has the football IQ to be able to change the type of receiver he is in week 16 of a season. I mean, what what Wes Walker does seemingly cannot be taught because there's not really anybody else like him in the NFL still, even though he's getting older. So I, I'm not really sure what Denver is going to do. It definitely looked like they were hurting last week. They didn't score a lot of points. And if they don't score a lot of points, that defense is not going to keep the other team from, from scoring a lot of points. I mean, they're not Dallas' defense. But they're not, they're not what people thought they were going to be. They lost Elmas Dumerville, which I thought was a huge mistake. And that agent should have got fired for the fax mishap. Von Miller doesn't really look like himself like he did last year. This could be a big problem. Luckily, they're playing two bunny teams going into the end of the regular season, so they hold their own fate. Uh, if they, I mean, they should be the two teams without Welker, so that might have something to do with the decision made by John Fox and you know others to sit Wes Walker. I wonder if they were jockeying for position if they would sit him. I wonder how much they truly value human life. Because three concussions in four weeks could be a death sentence. Three concussions in a lifetime could, could deteriorate your brain. I just wonder if they were eight and six, if they were in the Dolphin situation right now in the sixth place in, in the playoff hunt right now, If he'd be playing or not. It's interesting. You know Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be playing. Because his collarbone hurts. It's been five weeks, I believe. He's been practicing. Mike McCarthy said he looks good. Granted, it's been limited. and He's been splitting snaps with Matt Flynn. So, I... I'm losing more and more respect for Aaron Rodgers every week he doesn't play. I'll give him four. I'll give him four. And you have your trainer... I wonder... If Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the team and it was Matt Flynn, they were talking about he would have played last week. I think they're coddling Aaron Rodgers for the future, but it's a win-now league... And who knows if you're going to get back to where you are. Jordy Nelson's been healthy all year. That hasn't happened in recent history. Eddie Lacy is having a career year, his first year in the league. You don't know how good your team's going to be next year. You don't know who's going to stay. You don't know who's going to leave. So we'll see what happens Sunday. Uh, We do have to take a break. On the other side, I'll talk to Tony Romo. We'll get into the NBA. We'll get into Kobe Bryant. Cormelaster Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio.
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com.
4: Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint.
3: Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. I've been given a little rant about Aaron Rodgers and how I think he should be playing Sunday, or at least give it a shot for the fans, for the team, for the respect value that he is starting to lose, in my opinion. They haven't done much since they won the Super Bowl, so I think that this is with the chance to come out of this division this year with how weak it's been. You don't want Chicago winning the division. you don't want you don't want anything like that to happen <laughs> so uh, i i hope he plays um if he doesn't so be it cuz you never know it's you never know when you're going to be back in this position i want to move on to tony romo i know i've talked about him a lot however he is the consummate optimist seemingly uh He is quoted as saying, the Cowboys are fortunate to control their own destiny. Bless his heart. They were last week too. What happened there? What happened there? Okay, their defense sucks. Fine. I mean, you can blame them only for so long. A lot of teams' defense suck this year. They have the Redskins. On Sunday. If they don't win this game... They need Philly to lose to Chicago. I mean, I'm I'm not going to go past that. If they don't win, if they don't beat Washington, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Say they beat Washington, then they have Philly at home for the third straight Week 17 game to get in the playoffs, and they're 0-2 for right now. And Philly's scary. Philly's scary against that defense. So I'd like to put my money on Dallas, but I can't. It just takes one time for them to break through. And who knows? The Giants were like this when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. They didn't think people didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. Their defense was somewhat suspect. Their whole secondary was shot for the whole year. And then they ended up running through. You need to get hot at the right time, and this is is the time to get hot, especially with how convoluted everything is, with how close all of the divisions are, most of the divisions, I should say, that this is the time to get hot. I think we have a guest. Kwame Lasseter, are you on the line, sir? I'm on the line. Can you hear me? Pretty good. Can't hear him. Can't hear me? All right. Well, maybe we'll, we'll try to patch him through again. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Washington. Um, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins might... Oh, Kwame, you there? I'm here. Can you uh, hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kwame Lasseter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Kwame, I've been talking about, give me quickly what you think about Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he should play on Sunday?
2: Um. I, yeah, this is not an injury. If they're, if they're still in the hunt, and it's, it's iffy because I think they are sitting seven, what are they, sitting seven?
3: Seven, six, six and one.
2: And one, seven, six, and one. This is not an injury. If he re-injured, that he can't sit out all year, and it will it will get better. This is something that can get better. But if Aaron Rodgers say he can play, it's a it's a matter of how well this offense line with Jell. We 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 saw we've seen a lot of times this year where offenses, depending on who the quarterback was, it just seemed like they protect more. Some quarterbacks demand that type of attention, some or that type of respect. If if, if Aaron Rodgers is in the game, that offensive line is a whole different monster. Uh, you also told, so to answer your question, yes. Unless as long as he's mathematically in, um, I think he should play if he gives him the best chance. Matt Flynn did a great job last week to get the Dallas Cowboys and bringing them back. I think he scored twenty three or twenty eight points in the fourth and the second half to come back and win a game that Dallas controlled by twenty three going into halftime. I heard you speaking on Dallas and Tony Romo. Tony Romo falls right into the Jerry Jones cloth. It's the reason why. Uh, he speaks the way he speaks. He always keeps the Dallas Cowboys relevant. you got to be optimistic. When you talk about controlling your own destiny, at the beginning of the year, everyone controls their own destiny. It's only about 15 teams that we're going to talk about midway through the season. There's only about 10 of those teams that we're going to talk about uh, with the quarter left of the season uh, going on. And Dallas, it seems to be one that we talk about from start to finish, regardless of how well or how bad well, they're not playing, how bad they're playing. So controlling your own destiny is, is one thing, but really meaning it when it's gonna come down to it and you mentioned the Washington game, well I don't think Washington is gonna lay So this, this game has this game has a meaning going into next year. Washington is they've done, they're cooked. Uh but they this these guys have to play for something. Most of these guys for the Washington Redskins, they have to play for a roster spot, they have to play for a starting job, they have to play for a free agency uh going to other teams. If you can't play well in Washington, what we'll makes you think you come here and play well wherever that team is? So I don't think they're gonna lay down for the Dallas Cowboys because it is a division of point game. I think Tony Romo, Jerry Jones and the rest of those guys I'll, and I'm with you, I'm not putting my mon- money on Dallas because of Tony Romo's at the quarterback. I'm not putting my I stopped putting my money on Dallas as as much as I like who they have with the Emmitt Smith, the Troy Aikman, the the uh Michael Irvin and and, and those guys. I stopped putting my money on them guys when they fired Tom Landry. So Dallas is not a, a it's not a team that you would stop talking about, but it is a team that controls their own destiny as far as their failures in the fourth quarter. They yeah. have no defense, as you mentioned.
3: Yeah, and it, especially with Washington, they don't get a first or second round draft pick, so if they win or lose, it doesn't really matter. Kirk Cousins is well, fight. Kirk Cousins is the only thing that could matter here is Kirk Cousins might bring his stock up for Washington to potentially trade him for a number two instead of a number three. Um, I, I still don't think that, that they should trade him, uh, but I really think that that, I mean, it's, it's been swirling around that if RG3 is your man, then there's no reason to have Kirk Cousins because that'll just tarnish RG3's confidence because, you know, he's not as good as everybody thought he was. So, um, and, and, well, that's, and a, that's just my opinion. You
2: no, know, you make a good point because the only relevancy, in my opinion, with this game is, Kirk Cousins, how well, how far, how much his stock goes up uh, going into next year because even if they beat Washington, they still have to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Eagles, you know, that's all predicated on the Eagles beat Chicago, but they still have to beat the Philadelphia Eagles to advance into the playoffs, and they haven't been in playoffs in, what, 16 years. So the only thing that in the relacy of this game, as you stated, is Kirk Cousins and his drafts and his uh, future stock of uh, free agency or maybe being the guy in Washington, uh, perhaps, or just going somewhere else and play where he's
3: needed. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind having him in Arizona with, with his skill set and his ability to run an offense. Um, and
2: he's still a young guy, so that's not a that's not a bad option at all. He's still a young guy, and Palmer is not, um, you know, he's he's coming off an ankle injury, but he never, he hasn't been mobile in about five years, but uh, what he had is still the intelligence to play the game. Uh, and then, you know, you look at certain situations where the offensive line is this and that, new coaching staff. I don't make any excuses for them because you've been around long enough to make things happen because we can look on the other side of of the uh, other teams and we see quarterbacks who have similar offensive line who's getting it done.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm really curious about what happens this Sunday. So many things could happen, could change Oh my goodness gracious! This is going to be this is what football is all about, right here. Week sixteen to week seventeen, more more games will matter than not matter in the next two weeks, which is so yeah. amazing. And 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 I wonder if it's mediocrity across the league or if every team is slowly getting better and just beating each other.
2: Well, you know what it is uh, that's, that that plays a part in it, but also the injuries, guys getting injured and guys coming back from injury. You know, guys coming back from injury make their team stronger later on in the year, but then you have some starters getting injured uh, going into the season, uh, so that's changed the whole dynamic, the whole dynamics of uh, what a team looks like. Uh, teams that stay healthy in November and December, uh, teams are the teams that usually propel themselves into a fighting position where they can get it, perhaps get in the playoffs. And then we see on the other uh, other side of that coin where, you know, teams are getting, they're losing some of their starters. Look at the uh, Chicago Bears. We should think the Chicago Bears. We used to look at those guys and say, "Well, they got a strong defense. Well, that defense will keep them in a lot of ball games." But that hasn't been the case because of the injuries they lost. They lost one of the top corners, um, of their injuries in Tillman. Yeah. But now they have their injuries uh, all across the board, so they're they gonna need a high power offense, which that, that was, I believe they have. Jay Cutler was rusty uh, last week. But he's still able to swing the ball around in cold weather because he still has that tight spell and strong arm, so he can still get it done. Not to say that Josh McCown didn't do a great job. I think he, he did what he was supposed to do as a backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you, so, I mean, so it, it, it's, it's all predicated on injuries and, and, and a lot of what you
3: just said. NFC East, everybody's healthy. All three of those teams are healthy. Or all two of yeah. those teams, like uh, Philly, Dallas, they're healthy. The North, yeah. you have uh, Chicago's healthy and Detroit's healthy they just they're not mentally healthy but they're healthy uh they still have an outside chance uh, yeah i mean it's it NFC west everybody's healthy uh, more more than not especially because Larry Fitzgerald came out today that he's going to more ch- better chance that he's going to play today he just has to go through one more uh neurologist that was brought down by um by the NFL to check him out but it looks like he's going to play so it, it, we're geared up for for a big, big weekend in football, and then Monday night as well has a lot of playoff implications. Um, so
2: yeah, Monday Monday night is the last playoff game. I mean, the last Monday night game, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, but, but, I, I agree with you and what you said as far as this time of the year. This time of the year is, is it becomes exciting. Um, you know, if you're a fantasy guy, it, 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 it's exciting all year because you're watching them. You're watching, and you become you get the more uh, intricate parts of the game and. Who's doing what? But when it comes down to these last six, six, eight games, and, you know, we had this roller coaster season with most teams that we thought were good, or most teams we didn't think to be so good, but they right there in the hunt. So these last games is where you really want to pay attention to it, because now we're going to see who's going to step up and get in the playoffs, and where, this, and where would that propel their teams? And you look, at, you look at a team like Detroit, I thought Detroit was going to be one of those mainstays once they. You know, they get through free agency, they get Reggie Bush. They had, I think it was a 13-3 and season last year, somewhat, something like that. And Atlanta Falcons having a 13-3 season. And then we watched the Atlanta Falcons just think with the place. They bring him back, a Hall of Famer tight end and Tony Gonzalez. You know, you, he has to go through this. I, he was in retirement. I personally think he comes back another year because who wants to retire in that situation when you do have a lot of weapons over there on Atlanta Falcons' team? You do have weapons on the Detroit Lions' team. But you guys gotta find somebody who can jail those guys
3: together. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I talked about, I talked a lot about uh, Detroit yesterday, just about how there's there's a big disconnect between the star power and molding and meshing together and making a winning franchise. And I think I think Matt Stafford does have a lot to do with it. Um, just just the mental toughness and his inability to be efficient. And say what you want. I, again, I, I'll say something positive about Aaron Rodgers because I haven't said anything yet. Say what you want about Aaron Rodgers and his toughness. He's the most efficient quarterback. When he plays a long stretch of games, he usually has, you know, under 10 incompletions. Like he, he's 23 for 28 for 280 and three touchdowns. That's just what he is. And granted, Matt Stafford always throw. He's always top five, top six in passing yards, but he's always top five, top six in interceptions and turnovers as well. So uh, we do have to we do have to take a break. On the other side, we'll talk the Kobe injury. We'll talk a little NBA. And again, I do want to talk about the 18 brigade that were put together for the University of Texas to get a head coach, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame Lasser on the line. We'll be back.
0: Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
3: Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame on the line, we've been talking NFL. Uh, two very, very key weeks, obviously closing out the regular season coming up, sixteen and seventeen. The Cardinals have a game in Seattle, big game, toughest place to play in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, I talked about the scenarios about how they make the how they could potentially make the playoffs yesterday. Uh, I just really hope that um really hope that they can get a stroke of luck here and uh and, and somehow sneak in because you never know what happens. When you make the playoffs, ask Kurt Warner and that team when they should, When they did beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, Santonio Holmes' fake catch uh, kept them from, from winning. Um, let's move to the NBA really quickly. I want to talk about the Kobe Bryant injury. Uh, he's out six weeks with a l- little fracture in his knee. I mean, everybody with collective breath in the city of Los Angeles and Laker fans across the world are like, well, this could be it. This could be the last we see of Kobe Bryant as Kobe Bryant. And we've not wanted to see this day, uh, but it's coming and it makes Jim Buss look like even more of an idiot as the... um as the new owner, partial owner of the Lakers, by signing Kobe to a two-year, forty-eight and a half million-dollar extension, that'll give him twenty years as a Laker. Blah blah blah. This is this is crap. Like now, Kobe's just playing so he can get numbers. He's playing so he can leave his legacy on the Hall of Fame and on the all-time scoring list and all this thing, all these things. He's not here to win anymore, and it's really starting to bother me. And you can tell that he is not helping the Lakers anymore with lit, with Kobe 2 and 4 without him 10 and 9 record points per game with Kobe 97 points per game without him 101 opposing points per game with Kobe 105 without him 102 so every important statistical number that that helps a franchise gauge how they're doing is worse with Kobe Bryant on the court so I think that with all of these expiring contracts that the Lakers have, that they signed all these one-year deals, you know, Nick Young, and Pau Gasol's contract is up next year, Steve Blake's up next year, Wesley Johnson, everybody, and their choice not to trade Pau makes me believe that they're throwing the house at two stars to bring in next year, or one next year and one the year after. Because you would normally trade Powell for a draft pick or somebody. But they're keeping him, keeping his expiring contract. Maybe they'll sign him to year $20 million deal and then just go get some people. So I don't know. As not a Laker fan, as, as a fan of people that play their heart out every night, that Kobe does, and that's never questioned. He's been mentally the most mentally tough player in, you know, in recent history. So what do you think of him getting injured and what do you think it says for the future?
2: yeah and I think Kobe is one of the most uh um, mental tough guys. I think he is a physical tough guy you know when he came in, I think he was seventeen eighteen years old coming into the league um you had to be somewhat mentally tough uh to play among some grown men um I personally think Kobe came back early, which is achilles tennis did take you know he 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 plays a he has a job where he has to run sprint plant, and cut jump um all the all this stuff's happened in the instant. I think he came back. Um I also believe he tried to prove how tough he was when everybody that watches Kobe or watches the game know we know you're tough Kobe. You don't have to come back and sit tomorrow. You don't have to pull the Adrian uh Adrian Peterson situation and, and have a miracle recovery. Uh just take the time and need because the Lakers were winning. The Lakers was at five hundred above while Kobe was out. Uh so it, it, it makes you wonder, um, to the comment you made, is he trying to patent a legacy, uh, which I already think it was patent was patent enough in in a good in a good sense of a word, patent, I think it was um he didn't have to do any more. When he comes back, I think you just add to what they've already doing. You add to the winning success. So but now they have to re- delegate the ball to Kobe when he comes back because he is the superstar. You mentioned the numbers of the forty eight million. Well I'm not so much worried about that because I, I, I can't give you $48 million if I'm not making $96 million, uh, so I don't have a problem with that. They won't get that money back in marketing. They won't get that back in uh, jersey sales and, and all that stuff, ticket sales, because of what the um, – even, even when the Lakers come to Arizona, the ticket sales automatically, surprisingly, stupidly enough <laughs> goes up.
3: Yeah, there's 75 the bucks for no ble- nosebleeds instead of 12
2: Right, exactly, exactly. It makes no sense. So the money is not a, it's not a big thing. It is a lot of money for a guy who's who's breaking down, but it goes without saying. I would love to have a guy like Kobe retire in my uniform and not go anywhere else. I want, I don't want to see a number uh, a Kobe, like a Michael Jordan, playing for the Washington Wizards. He, he gave me a break. Um, but he came back so, so fast, in my opinion. He worked so hard on the Achilles that... You know he he strains so much of the other part of his body, like his knees, where he's planting and jumping and cutting. Uh, unfortunately, I think he should just take his time uh, with his injury, going in going into his injury and coming out of his injury. He should take his time with because the Lakers will be fine. And you got a two-year deal. I'm not saying sit out. I know your competitive juices want to be get you back out there, but sit out. Um, let these guys grow and mature. Uh, they're not getting paid what you're getting paid because, as you mentioned. Alex, is they're looking for two major superstars who are going to be free agents next year, and if they can entice them to come there or if they can have the money to get them there, then the Lakers are back in business again uh, with these certain two free agents that they're trying to target for next year. And then with Kobe having one more year, that is a that is a championship ring in the making all in one year from nothing to something. so. Kobe needs to get healthy. Let these guys mature because some of these guys will be around as, roles play, as role players. Um, let these guys do what they do and you come back and then you implement yourself into the team, not be the be the team, not be the focal point where I have to delegate the ball to you uh, on every three passes or you have the ball to shoot. So right. uh, I think D'Antonio, you know, sideways talk, sideways talked through this. He mentioned this. He said, well, we were playing well without Kobe. So and it's it's a, took a war between the two, Kobe Bryant and uh, uh, D'Antonio. But, you know, we'll, we'll see in about six weeks, which I believe is the extent that he will be out. He needs to take about eight to ten weeks and get it together and sometime, you know, come off the bench.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, now th- the real question will be, and this if this injury didn't happen, maybe the answer, I think the answer would obviously be no, but my question now is, do you think with this injury compounding with the the Achilles injury he suffered last year, do you think that he will finally realize that he is not ahead of father time anymore? That he will have to play a complimentary role if they bring a superstar in? Or do you think that he will still be the maniacal guy that he is, which has got him to where he is? So it's a double-edged sword with that. But do you think that he can put his ego aside and actually take 12 shots a game instead of 22, play 28 minutes instead of 38, uh, dish the ball more instead of shooting all the time, and complimenting the young stud, whoever it is that they bring in, to lead the team for the rest and let him kind of ride off into the sunset. Maybe let somebody, just say LeBron, hypothetically speaking, whatever, say LeBron comes in and LeBron takes the brunt and wins him his sixth ring so he can he can tie Jordan, That uh, that's all he wants to do. Do you think that he will actually let that happen? Or do you think that we're going to have to wait two more full years until he finally realizes that he's not the best player in the NBA anymore for all of this to happen?
2: I think Kobe thinks he can always beat Father Tom. I think in the two years he have left on this deal, I think he's going to go out with the light shining on him. Let's say you get a LeBron James in, and then Kobe, for that first year, he and LeBron James, they won't both have a spotlight on him. And then he's going to have to fall back. And then last year, it's kind of like D-Wade did in Miami. When LeBron went to Miami, it was still D-Wade, LeBron's show. And then we saw a year later that that looked more like the LeBron's team than it did D-Wade's team. And the D- was able, he was able to fall back on the spotlight and let LeBron take it over, a younger guy, a more energetic guy, probably the best uh, player in the world, um, run this show and then be the – if you will, you know, the Robin to Batman. So if, if Colvin, Kobe, Kobe's not going to be able to be a Robin to anybody, but he will be able to be that superhero with the next superhero and, and, and still be serviceable. But I don't think he's going to leave the Lakers with a dim light. He wants the light. It's just not in his DNA. And and we, and what we know of Kobe Kobe from the outside looking in, he's never going to delegate a spotlight to somebody else. Um, and you know, we we see that with you know, with, with superstars that came there with Pal Gasol could have been a superstar if Kobe would have matured him more. Um, uh, but everybody when you when you look at these superstars, everybody wants to be joined as far as how they can talk to certain players. And we've seen that sitting on the bench with uh LeBron and uh Mark Mario Chalmers. Uh but when you get another superstar just as big as you are, if not bigger, then your ego takes over, and Kobe's ego, in my opinion, would take over if a LeBron James came to LA. I mean,
3: he's, he's always been able to adapt, though. I mean, normally, physically, he's had to change his game to adhere to his his physical ability and how his body's been changing since he's been getting older. I wonder if his mental toughness can link up with that adaptability and actually change himself. Into being able to be a complimentary player towards the end of his career, which is now. I mean, this is the I, end of his career. This is the end of the limelight for Kobe Bryant, and he will never be forgotten. But he'll be looked at as a selfish person if he doesn't, if he doesn't step aside and and and, and allow somebody to take over the reins. And uh, uh, probably, some person, um, some person that I think that would be perfect for the Lakers. This is a little side note. With, with the issues that they've been having with their team, with uh, w- which superstar's team it is, I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Durant in a Lakers jersey. Let Russell Westbrook be the superstar in Oklahoma City. Let him run that team into the ground and have Kevin Durant come wear purple and gold. I mean, I know, th- I know that's not been talked about, but he's, he's too big for Oklahoma City. And you know, that, that, that,
2: that, that's true, but Oklahoma would be crazy to let him go because when you let him go, who else can you bring in to compliment uh, uh, Michael Westbrook, who, who's already said, I'm a star too, I can shoot. But when you talk about Kobe and his selfishness, most great athletes are selfish. They're selfish. Their selfishness is the reason why they become great. Was Magic Johnson uh, selfish? Magic Johnson, um... Nope. No, no, Magic Johnson had five other superstars. He had four other superstars with him. Name a, name a guy on that court with Magic Johnson who wasn't a superstar. You, you can't do it because... Kurt Rambis. <laughs> superstar. Kurt Rambis. Was a superstar. Kurt Rambis was a superstar. Kurt Rambis... He made country. him a
3: superstar. Michael, uh, uh, Magic yeah, yeah, Johnson made exactly. those people superstars. Exactly.
2: Exactly. That's why I said If Kobe... The only way I can see that scenario happen with Kobe uh, falling back into the spotlight is if he plays a huge part and getting a LeBron James there. If he plays a part in getting him there, that means he's he's consent to him. That's interesting. Saying, this is the superstar here. This yeah. is the next guy who's going to keep the Lakers where everybody um, has the Lakers in their in their mind. He's a guy, but he has to be a huge part of getting LeBron there. If LeBron just come on a free agency or the Lakers himself without Kobe in- input, gets LeBron there, then, LeBron's not, then Kobe's not going to fall back on that. But if he's a huge part of uh, luring... Uh, LeBron James or Kevin Durant there, then, yeah, he'll fall back because, you know, these guys are still young enough to keep championships going into the uh Los Angeles dynasty. And when you when you retire, you can say, yeah, I had a part w- uh, with that, that guy being here. And as they win more championships, you say, well, I played for this team who won this many championships, whether I was there before I got there, while I was there, and when I left. That's the only way I can see that scenario happening. But But Kobe, you know, he... Magic Johnson did make you know, Ramus guys like Ramus superstars. Kobe could have did the same thing with Powell Gasol, in my opinion, but I, I did not think that was in him. See, you want to have a, you want to be the Michael Jordan guy, but you don't have the leader of a Michael. You don't have that how to talk to players like a Magic Johnson or a Larry Bird or a or a um, uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, and we see these guys, you know, from the outside looking angle, to go too far as. Their selfishness is more of a a, a doubt of degrading the player instead of uplifting the player.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do have to take a break. Uh, on the other side, we'll talk about the conglomerate of people that uh, are seeking a Texas head coaching position for the football team to succeed Mac Brown. Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame Lasseter on the line. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk will be back.
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica.
0: yeah <tik>
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand
3: 24-7. Welcome back to Kwame Lassiter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio, the Kwame Lassiter on the line from Baltimore. Uh, we've been talking a lot about everything today. We, we kind of spanned the whole gambit of sports, talked NFL, talked NBA. And I do want to end with this ridiculous story of an eight-man committee to aid the Texas AD in an effort to find the new Texas Longhorns football coach. I mean, I almost threw up when I read this article, if I can say that. Um, they have a U.S. federal judge on the panel. They have the former ExxonMobil vice president on the panel. They have the Capital Royalty Chairman on the panel. They have a US, former U.S. Ambassador to Switzerland and Liechtenstein, and former Chair of the Texas Higher Education Coordinator Board. This is this is ridiculous. This is a, a, a superseding of of uh, of college like of, uh, sports that I've never seen before. I don't understand the gaudiness. Maybe Jerry Jones should be on this panel. I don't understand. I don't understand why finding the next football coach for Texas it should be this difficult. Most people would love to coach there. I just don't know why. I don't know why they feel the need to make it such a circus. And I don't. I didn't know where Steve Patterson was going with this. And I, The last thing I really hope is that he does not bring Todd Graham with him because Todd Graham again has a history of doing this. He texted. Uh, Pittsburgh said, hey, hey guys, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm taking a plane, I'm going to ASU, sorry, I love you all, but I'm out. I hope he doesn't do that with ASU, because now he has even more of a pedigree, bringing a team pretty much from the depths of hell to almost to playing for the Pac-12 championship game in two years. So I really hope that he's not the next guy to go to Texas, and I want to keep this 18 team brigade out of the state of Arizona. So, I mean, Kwame, what do you think? I, I don't understand. I mean, uh...
2: I'd... It's um, it's more, when you fire a coach or you force him to resign, um, as the story, uh, plays out, who's only had one losing season and in the 16 years he was there, you gotta find a coach that no other no other college, no other university could get, could afford. When you went down the list of those, uh, people who was on that brigade, people who was on that panel, uh, that's, that's to me. All I said was financial. Who can I get to can help me pay for this um, this new coach coming in? Even though that would be illegal, I'm just that's what that's what I, my mind went to. Um, it's but you got to find a coach that can replace this guy because if Texas bring in another coach and they don't have a winning season or they're not planning uh, the biggest game at the end of the year, then Texas is no longer, no longer Texas because you just let a coach go and Mike Brown. And granted, he was an older guy, and I always question when you have those guys, how do you recruit those 17-, 18-year-old kids uh, coming uh, coming to your university? A lot of it has to do with tradition of winning, uh, but when you fire that guy who's only had one losing season, you have to find the next guy who's going to put Texas back on the map as far as recruiting. Recruiting, uh, first and foremost, if you can get some of the best players, you look at Alabama, who for five years in a row had the best recruiting class in the country. Um And you can argue that with the u s c who 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 has guys who don 't play to their junior year or play to their senior year, and they still get drafted because of the talent of those guys and, and and the talent of that program uh so Texas have to be seen doing the most, going the extra mile, getting the right people in and say we did this, we thought this process, we thought this procedure would work. I have a format that i I think will work i think would you know you give it a chance to even just Look at it and, or get that eight man panel to talk about it. Because what you do if you're looking for a coach, my suggestion is you find that coach and when you do the interviewing process with the athletic director, the AD, when you do all that stuff with the, with the, uh, whomever you have to do with the school board, then you bring in some players, some former players, and it will help if they play professionally. Um, and, and we're talking about football, so it would help if they would talk, play professionally football, and not all of them have to play professional football. But let them, in, let them be in the interview process. Let them see. Because if you play professionally, you've been around certain kind of coaches on a professional level. So you know if a guy demands respect or he's going to command that respect uh, from his players. And what kind of team he be going to have? A team of guys with talent that's continually getting in trouble? But, or if you care that much for the program, then you bring in those uh, former players. And I say about maybe four to six of them. And not to answer 50, ask 50 million questions, but to sit down and listen to them because they have been around professional coaches. Not that that co- collegiate coach isn't professional, because he is. And we talk about how much they pay these guys uh, to to manage some young kids. Uh, but when, it, when you do that, you have a guy. Now you have a committee board. Now you have a committee of former players. And now you have the right coach, in my opinion, uh, coaching your university on your alma mater.
3: Do you think... Um and I have my own personal opinion on this, do you think that John Gruden would be a poor choice? Uh, I, I do believe he would be a poor choice for Texas. If he... I think he'd make those kids cry on the sideline. I mean, I think that he's too intense, and I don't know if... I, I've never really thought that a uh, football coach could be too intense. Um, I've never really thought that it could it could be demeaning towards... Uh, towards the athletes, towards the players on a specific college football team, but I think he's the exception to the rule. Like I think that he has he has no boundaries on berating and on uh, oh being overly passionate, which I think is oxymoronical at some points. But I think that he's too intense to be a college football coach. I think he's uh, too uh, intense for college.
2: No, yeah, it, it, two things. I agree. I think he'd be a great Texas coach at Texas, at the University of Texas. I also don't think he has the patience to be a college coach. Yeah, patience is I, interesting. That's true. I, yeah, I don't think he has the patience to be a college coach and deal with these kids and go recruit and talk to these parents. He's, he's accustomed to dealing with these, uh, not that he can't do it, but he's accustomed to dealing with these uh, grown men who's know, who knows what's expected to them. On a the college level, you have to teach these guys and show them expectations. When you get to the National Football League, when these guys are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, they know what to expect of them or they in or they out. And and I think John Gruden would be great, but I don't think his patience his patience would run out real quick. And if you're a college if you're a student athlete, a high school student and you go to the Texas where John Gruden is coaching, you know what to expect. And when you talk to the parents, you know what kind of coach you're gonna get. You're gonna get a guy who's gonna push you to the limits, but he's gonna make you great at the same time or he's gonna make you take that boy to a man. Um but it, it it and it sounded good and I heard a different scenario about John Gruden what I thought was really interesting. I, I saw in one of the publications that he could be the next John Madden and that was interesting. Then I then I thought about it more. I'm like, Yeah, he actually could. He does he's he's won a he's won a Super Bowl, uh, he's had a successful team, he's doing T V now. He has some uh animation in his uh in his um commentating. So the next thing he does is make video games. I <laughs> thought
3: that was interesting. Yeah. No, no, that's that is interesting. And and I think with him you think that the NFL has no off season for a coach. College football really has no off season for a coach cuz right, right after right after national championship is won Nick Saban takes a day off, next day he's recruiting. So I mean cool. that is and I think that being out of the game for so long that would just be putting steroids on any coaching job that you would have in the NFL right away. So we right. have we have about a minute left to close. That's an interesting uh, John Madden thing because they both had they both make up their own clichés. They don't make any yep. sense at all. If you watch Monday Night Football, he has some gems. He has some absolute gems every Monday and he's he's funny. He seems to love what he does and he's probably making what 3 4 5 a year anyways, 3 million dollars a year. He, and
2: that's just doing that show. And not to mention his quarterback. He's not a quarterback guru, but somehow they made right. him a quarterback guru. Right. Uh, yeah. he, he had Rich Gannon as a quarterback. Cause, well, come on. What makes you a quarterback guru? But he's making money from that show, uh, bringing in those uh, college guys to put they turn pro.
3: Right. Absolutely. So we have about 30 seconds. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner for me. Um, we'll be back Monday. Monday. Oh, you know, I think it, we're just going to be doing Monday um next week with uh with Christmas Eve and Christmas and then we'll be back Thursday, I believe. We need to double check on that all I'll post it on Facebook and uh and on Twitter with the timings for that. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasser on the line. We will see you guys on Monday.